0: love like I need water. I don't think there is a truer word that has ever been spoken than we need the love of the Father. Every one of us, whether moms, dads, singles, children, seniors, it doesn't matter. If you are breathing air today, you need his love as desperately as you need to take your next breath. So, Father, we just, we give you this service, Lord. The things that you've spoken and put on my heart, I pray that it's an encouragement. But, God, I pray that regardless of how we've come in this morning, Lord, I pray that we walk away new. Father, I ask that you would breathe new life into each of us and that you would be present. Holy Spirit, you are invited into this place. And we love you and we take our breath in you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Can we thank the worship team for an amazing morning? All right, you guys can grab a seat. So um, (laughs) the fog and the haze is a little bit dissipated and I can almost see you at the back. Yeah, yeah, I wondered when I walked in if it was on purpose, like they didn't want me to be seen, so they put a lot of fog, but now, and then I got to the point where it was like, I can't see anybody back there, so I can see some of you now, and the lights are, you know, it is what it is, but um, I'm Katrina Henshaw, uh, for those who don't know you, I am uh, married to Pastor Mark Henshaw, the handsome bald guy who came up earlier, and uh, I am excited to share today with you. Um, I have to confess, I was also extremely nervous. So Sherry asked me months ago if I would be willing to share on Mother's Day. And that's a daunting task, right? Because Mother's Day is, um, it holds different things for different people. Some people love it, and some people it's extremely hard and challenging. And then how do you share a message to moms who are at all different stages of parenting? or those who are not yet moms, or those who longed to be moms but never got the opportunity. And then you have all the men in the room. So sorry, guys, tune out, or no, should they listen? So it's kind of a a daunting thing to get up here and to speak on Mother's Day. But um, I said yes, I would do it, and then I just said, okay, God, this has got to be you because I don't know what I'm supposed to share. And uh, I really do believe that he's kind of given me... um, my story to share. So I I know we hear, it seems like pop culture right now wants everybody to say when their story is, oh, that's my truth, my truth. Can I just take like two seconds to say, let's stop saying that because truth is absolute. There's no, that's your truth and your truth and your truth and my truth. Truth is truth. It's either right or it's wrong. The teacher in me is coming out. But... But your story matters. So instead of saying my truth, how about we just change the verbiage to say, this is my story. Because your story matters. It's extremely valuable and important. And nobody can take your story away from you. Oh, my gosh. The whole front row is like handing out hankies. (laughs) It's the peanut gallery. I understand what Pastor Kevin goes through now. Okay. Yeah, right. So. I'm up here to share with you today my story Um, in mothering and parenting, and I'm just going to say, for those who don't know me, those who do know me, you'll be like, yes, fair enough. I am an extremely and tremendously imperfect mother. I'll just say it again. I am tremendously and extremely imperfect as a mom, and I'm okay with that. I don't have it all figured out. You can ask my kids. Two of them are here today listening. This morning when I told Kate, oh, remember that really um, awesome international speaker's coming, she goes, Mom, it's you. How boring. (laughs) I was like, fair enough. You know what? You just want to be real? There it is. I got my own peanut gallery saying, you go, Mom. So, (laughs) but that's okay. I, um... I spent my fair share of time worrying that I haven't been enough for my kids. That my kids who are 14, 12 and eight, um, that I wasn't providing enough for them. I wasn't showing up enough for them. So we're past the trenches of babies and toddlers and we're just jumping into these teenage years. And I've been told by by other parents that Parenting adult children is actually the hardest stage, and uh, as a bleary-eyed mom, I can hear some people going, "Mm mm-hmm, that's right, she's preaching it, but as a bleary-eyed mom who felt really sleep-deprived, when I would hear that, I was like, are you kidding me? Do you remember what it was like to wake up three times a night and only get a couple hours sleep? Do you remember what it's like to have baby spit and other things all over your clothes and not even know and think you're presentable and to find out later that you've been covered in stuff. Like, that's what it feels like when you're in the trenches with that age of children. And I don't have a corner on marketing, so I am I'm certainly not standing up here to present to you this is XYZ to a very happy life of mothering and parenting. And I hope you all walk away with some fantastic tips and tricks of how to become a great mom that is not me. If you know me, you know I'm authentic, and um, if you've come in my house and you check in my oven, I'll give you a little... Christy laughs because I've kind of been known to hide dirty dishes. Like, if people are coming over, will we just stick them in the oven? And, you know, if you checked my bathtub, you might find dirty clothes stuffed in there to make things. Like, I'm, I'm not presenting. This is who I am. I'm real. This is the reality of my life, and We are um, a busy, a happy, I think we're happy. Yeah, Spencer, we're happy. We're a busy, happy family. Um, But I'm going to share my story in the hope that the journey that I've been on can bring some hope and encouragement to those of you who find yourself in the trenches right now with babies, littles, and school-age children. So I've only got a 14-year-old, so I can't talk about what it's like to parent through the teenage years and the adult children and then having children with children. So I'm going to address what I know, because this is my story. So moms of all kinds, today I stand before you and I want to honor you. Whether you've carried children in your body and or you've carried children in your heart, may you be honored today. Whether your children are here today, in another town, or in heaven, may you be honored today. Whether your children are days old or adults with children of their own, moms, today I honor you. So typically on Mother's Day, I think you come to church, and you expect to hear a message about how great mothers are, and what a gift it is to be a mother, which, of course, is true. These things are true. However, today, I'm titling my message for Mother's Day, Unfulfilled. I'll say that again. My message today is called Unfulfilled, and that might be an odd choice, and it might be a little unconventional, but I hope that my story today gives you hope at the end. I hope I'm able to share with you the journey that I've been on and be authentic in where the Lord has taken me because I stand before you a different mom today than I was five years ago, than I was 10 years ago, than I was when I first began. I'm going to begin my story and backtrack to university. I went to a private Christian university in BC called Trinity Western University or TWU. My five years at Trinity Western were completely transformative. I found myself surrounded by like-minded individuals who were passionate about their faith, dedicated to their education, and committed to making a difference in the world. And I bought in hook, line, and sinker. Make me a world changer, Lord. I am here, I am ready, send me. Well, during my time at TWU, I made some lifelong friendships and became certified as a teacher, I went on missions trips, I served my local school and broader community through various leadership roles, and became fabulous friends with this really great American guy, who would eventually ask me to marry him. I left university believing that I was put on this earth to change the world. That's what our entire philosophy of our school was. You, each and every one of you, are called And designed with a purpose to go out into the marketplace and make a difference. So I was like, here I am. Send me, Lord. I was equipped. I was trained. I was eager. I was ready. I was confident. And I expected the door to the mission field to swing wide open. And as a matter of fact, it didn't. It actually closed pretty tightly. Which is a whole other story in and of itself. And a journey that I went on. But I was left wondering, how am I supposed to change the world? I was back in Belleville. What? This is not the plan I had. But fast forward a couple of years, and that guy from TWU finally proposed. Thank you. Thank you. And it seemed the Lord had pretty firmly shut the door to missions into Africa, um, despite the many prophecies that I had received, that that's the path that I was supposed to be taking, And instead, he opened the door to the United States of America. (laughs) It wasn't Africa, (laughs) but it did have the love of my life. And I was ready to embark on a brand new adventure. Mark and I got married in 2006. Next month, we'll have been married 17 years. And (laughs) woohoo! We have three incredible kids, two of which are here with us right now, and the other is in Kids Church. So if you know Spencer, Kate, and Lucy, you know that we have uh, three kids with three very distinct personalities. And they keep us on our toes, as my story about Kate this morning is a real picture of what life is like for us. Mark and I have been married for just over two years when we had Spencer. And then a little less than two years later, Kate came along And when Kate was born, I was working full-time and I was getting my master's degree. And it was an incredibly busy and stressful season in our marriage and in our lives. And then four years later, little Lucy made her appearance and completed our family. When you have school-aged kids or school-aged child, I did, Spencer, and a toddler, Kate, and then a baby, Lucy, mothering could be and can be all-consuming. At least it certainly was for me. I remember hearing this refrain, oh, the days are long, but the years are short. And I've always thought this has to be spoken by somebody whose kids have left the coop. (laughs) There's no way. Empty nesters are the ones who are saying this because they miss their kids. Because you know what? I'm in the thick of it, and the days are freaking long. (laughs) Like, really long. Like, some days are a bloody week, Uh uh-huh. See, I hear you. I know it. I knew I wasn't alone when I shared some of these stories. So I was driven to try to be this excellent mom, even though I was so tired, who did all the things when my kids were little. I would look at other moms, and I would feel like I didn't measure up. They just seemed to have it all together. And I often felt like I wasn't providing enough fill-in-the-blank. For my kids, and moms in the room, let me tell you now: those of you who are parenting ch- young ones, littles, and babies, comparison is a dirty dog trap that leads nowhere. Just gotta say it. It robs you of your joy and appreciation for the life and the memories that you are creating. So don't do it. Instagram—it's a lie. Sorry. Facebook reels, they're anything but real. I have nothing to say about TikTok because I don't use it, but I don't see anyone posting the down and the dirty, the real life. I was watching something and a lady said, do you ever wonder why Instagram homes always look so gorgeous? And she had everything shoved to the side. And she said, because we only show you half the picture. And then she scanned over, and it was like, oh, no, that's what my house looks like. There we go. Right? It's not real. The humdrum, the reality. So we get to see the highlight reel, which, you know what? Amongst my friends, that's amazing. And I love getting to celebrate with them. But it's not the whole story. It's only a part of the story. So don't buy into the lie that you have to do more or be more or create more. Your kids just need you to be present. That's all. They need to know that you love them and that you are invested in them. Mom, you are enough. God chose you to be their mom, and he chose them to be your children, and he doesn't make mistakes. So as I was a busy mom trying to do all the things for my kids, I didn't realize that I was slowly losing my sense of self. I didn't see that I was losing my identity in who I was and who I had been so confident that God had made me to be. And I stopped dreaming about the future because really all I could think about was when was I going to get to have a nap or go to bed? Like there's no ability to forecast a year down the road, let alone five years down the road. I'm just trying to get through today. The needs of parenting and working created a void in my life where I had no idea who I was. I despised being asked that question, in fact, who are you? Or asked to fill out personality tests. I actually got to the point where I would say to Mark, could you just fill this out for me? Because it feels like you know me better than I know myself. Because I hated that question. I hated being asked because I was so caught up and consumed in being a mom that I didn't really have any ideas what I was passionate about anymore. It seemed like doors had shut and things had stopped happening And the path that I thought I was going to go on was totally different. So I didn't even know what to do with all of that or how to hold on to all of that. What was I passionate about? Well, passion, what's that? I couldn't even, couldn't they see the people who are asking me these questions? Couldn't they see that I was a mom and that I have three kids and I'm trying to raise three human beings to grow up to be, good members in society who hopefully don't have to go to counseling and talk about what a bad job I did as their mom. Like, this is the thing that goes through our heads, dads, in case you're wondering. We're constantly worried. Are we screwing our kids up? Did I raise my voice? Did I yell at them? Are they going to remember? Are they going to forgive me? Are they going to hold this against me? We constantly have this mental load where we as moms are holding on to, and it's very real. So I thought in order to be a great mom, I had to sacrifice everything that there was about me. That's what I thought great moms did. Everybody went before me. My needs had to come last. My wishes and dreams would have to sit in the back burner until the season of parenting was over. And that seemed fine. That's a trade-off, right? Parenting littles isn't forever, so that's okay. This This too shall pass. I loved being a mom. I love being a mom. But I also felt so unfulfilled. In the thick of parenting, in the trenches, I couldn't have admitted that to anybody. I don't even think I could have admitted that to myself. Because admitting that mothering wasn't the most fulfilling experience of my life was not what good Christian moms did. Was not what pastor's wives said. So I took the stuff that was tough and hard and heartbreaking and frustrating and even the grief of losing myself, and I stuffed it down deep. And I jumped on the toxic positivity bandwagon. Do you know what that is? The, just be positive. Find the bright side. There's always a silver lining. Look for the rainbow after the rain. You get the point, right? And here's the reality. I am married to the most freaking positive person in the room. (laughs) Like, true statement he just is and it's not that he's putting on an actress show mark is legitimately sees the world in a very positive light so imagine being married to that and going well i can't admit that i actually see all the crud and crap right because he just saw everything so i was like shove it down deep and i'll just find all the bright side because it seems to be working really well for him so right well This is what you do. It didn't work so well. (laughs) Not for me, at least. Mark doesn't have to work at it. It's just him. I have to work at it. So uh, burnout, very real thing that I experienced, and counseling. I went to a professional counselor as I faced burnout, and the counselor taught me that I could hold both, and for me, this was probably the most powerful thing I took out of counseling for the season that I went. It was that... I can hold both the negative and the positive at the same time. I don't have to shove the negative down just to elevate the positive. Instead, I could feel both grateful to be a mom and also completely lost. I could love my children intensely. Mama Bear will come out. (laughs) You didn't have to say that quite so strongly. (laughs) And... I could also feel unfulfilled. I could hold both, it was okay. I could be happy to be a mom, so grateful, so thankful, knowing that women around me had experienced loss and miscarriage and infertility. Which when you hear those stories and you're feeling unfulfilled being a mom, you don't feel safe to admit that because they're struggling and you wanna honor that struggle. But I was also struggling. So I just shoved it down because you don't talk about these things. But I realized that I could feel those things and also be so happy to be a mom, be so grateful that God had given me three amazing children. So when I started to admit to myself that I felt unfulfilled, shame. decided to have a party in my head. The accusations started. The guilt weighed me down. The only way I knew how to deal with shame, I felt, was to dive deep into the Lord. That song today, I leaned over to Mark and I'm like, they don't even know that I'm talking about shame. It was so perfect because it's a dirty dog liar. Shame is a liar, right? That's all it does. That's all it wants to do. And because stuffing the bad emotions hadn't worked, I realized that I needed to do something different. So I had to find out for myself what the Lord says about me. The ticker tape in my mind was constantly accusing me, you're not good enough, you haven't done enough, you're being too selfish. Um, and I had to learn to listen and believe what the Lord said about me. So a few years ago, the pastors did a series called The Three Questions. Whose you are, who you are, and to whom do you belong or do life with? And I think that series was actually for an audience of one this girl right here. I had no idea who I was anymore. My littles were not so little, and I still felt lost. Burnout and anxiety had caused me to question everything. Who am I, Lord? What are my passions? What are all those prophecies from years ago? What do I do with all the disappointments? I realized that for years and years, I had defined myself by the roles that I play. Mom being one of the most pressing and demanding roles, teaching was a very close second. This was my identity. This is who I saw myself as. This is what I was wrapped up as. Yet I didn't find fulfillment in being a mom or a teacher. Now, some moms do. Oh, I lost my shirt, but I put that back on. Some moms find complete. Like, I have a couple girlfriends who, they, like, live, eat, and breathe being mom. And for them, it is... The most life-giving experience and bless their hearts (laughs) I have some colleagues some friends who love teaching they come to school they love what they do they leave school they're thinking about school through the evening and the weekend and they're taking courses in the summer God help them and they just like they are passionate about education Bless their hearts. That is not my story. What I realized in all this is that I've actually been asking the wrong question. I was looking for my identity in the things that I do. I have a feeling I'm probably not the only one in the room who's done that. The roles that I play, the hats that I wear, I was trying to answer who am I before I had a solid understanding of who's. And frankly, I felt incredibly unfulfilled as a woman. I was asking the wrong question. I stopped trying to figure out who I was and what makes me tick and what I'm passionate about. And instead, I started focusing on whose I am. And this shift was life-changing for me. I stopped defining myself by the degrees that I have behind my name or the role that I play in church or the children that I gave birth to. I started seeing myself instead as a daughter who is deeply and passionately loved by her creator. I always saw myself as a friend of God, but I never really embraced being a daughter. And being a daughter is a totally different thing than being a friend. A daughter has total access to her father's storehouse. A daughter is privileged. A daughter is deeply loved. And as a daughter of the Most High, I have access to all the riches in heaven. He treasures me, and at a time in my life when I felt lost and invisible, he saw me. Genesis 16 tells the story of Sarai, Egyptian's servant, Hagar. Sarai couldn't conceive, so she gave her servant, Hagar, to Abram. Hagar conceived, and Sarai became jealous and treated Hagar very harshly. So harshly, in fact, that pregnant Hagar ran away to the desert. While in the desert, an angel of the Lord came to Hagar and asked where she was going. What what are you doing? Why are you running away, Hagar? And Hagar told the angel that she was running away from her mistress. The angel then told her to return and that she was with child. And then he told her the type of man that her child was going to grow up into. Hagar had an encounter with God. By the world's standards, Hagar was a lowly servant. In theory, she was nothing, unimportant, invisible, and yet she had a visitation from the Most High God. Hagar said to God, you are the God who sees me. She is the one who gave the Hebrew name Elroy, one of the names of God that we read in scriptures. Hagar did that. She named God. Holy Spirit showed me this verse one night at prayer here at the church, and I knew I needed my Hagar moment. I knew I needed to have an encounter with the living God and know that I was not invisible, but I was seen by him. So moms with babies and littles and school-aged children and teenagers and young adults who are in college and young adults who are in jobs and adults with children of their own, I hope you walk away from today's message knowing that you are seen by God. You are not defined by how many children you have or how many you don't. You're not defined by the roles that you hold. You're not defined by the myriad of hats that you wear. Your identity is wrapped up entirely, 100% in whose you are. You are a daughter. You are not invisible. You are loved and you are enough. You are doing an amazingly imperfect job as being a mom. And he is so proud of you. I spent years defining myself based on my purpose because that's really what the second question is asking. Who am I? That's actually your purpose. Whose am I is your identity. Whose am I? How do I see myself? I am a daughter. Strip away all of the jobs and the roles and the things that I do, and it doesn't change the fact that I am dearly and deeply loved by my creator. Now that I have a much better understanding of whose I am, I can start to tackle that question of who I am and what is my purpose. And the specifics of this might very well change day to day. They're gonna play out differently from job to job. Rule to rule. But one thing that has deeply impressed me over the last year is a phrase that Pastor Barry says actually all the time. He says, I am not a problem to be solved, I am an answer being delivered. When I walk into my school, I hope that my boss looks to me, she says, and go, Oh, great, there, here comes Katrina. Watch out, Hurricane Katrina's walking in the room. That's not what she's saying, I hope. Instead, I hope she's looking at me and saying, I am so grateful she is part of our staff because she is here creating a different environment. She is setting the temperature. She is not a thermostat reflecting what's around us. She's setting the temperature and the tone. That's what I hope I'm doing. I am an answer being delivered to all of my spheres of influence, whether it's my students and their parents, whether it's my colleagues, whether it's our church and our community here, or my children and the people we interact with. Do I do this perfectly? Of course not. But I am not somebody's problem to be solved. And neither are you. So in closing today, moms, because the time has come to an end, this went a lot faster than I thought it was going to, I just, I want to pray a blessing over you. I pray that my hope is that you walk out of here today remembering that you are seen by God, that he loves you with a passionate love, that you are a daughter of the Most High King. So I pray that you find deep fulfillment in understanding who you are. For those who are exhausted or lost or hurting on this Mother's Day, I gently remind you that the Father invites you who are weary to seek him, and he will give you rest. To the moms in the room and those watching online who feel invisible, know that the God of Hagar, the God of the universe, El Roy, sees you. May you walk in his abundant blessing this year as you go forth being confident in whose you are and also who you are. May you walk into every situation knowing that you are an answer being delivered and not somebody's problem to be solved. Moms, may this year be one of redefinition and fulfillment and purpose and joy and laughter. Thank you, moms, for all that you do. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Barry Barry has just asked me. If you want to stay standing, I promise I won't take forever. This won't be like a second closing and a third closing as others have been known to do. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to ask you um, to just receive, whether you're man or woman, child, young or old. Father, we just come before you right now. And we just thank you for abundance and life in you. Father God, we thank you that in you is all the riches of heaven and we just have to surrender and ask. And God, right now, I pray over every person here today, every person who's going to be listening to this in the future, Father, I ask that you would break shame off of every single person who hears this prayer. God, that they would walk away from today with life and life renewed, that there would be no more doubt about whose they are. There'd be no more confusion, no more lies that the accuser would try to say to them. But instead, they would walk in a confidence and a boldness and a freedom that they are beloved of the Most High God. And I thank you, Elroy, that you see us that we are yours, that we are children who are trying our best. We're making mistakes, but that doesn't matter. You love us, and you love that we're trying. And we surrender this day to you. We honor the moms in the room. We believe that shame is never going to take its place again, that there is no place, no room, because we are filled with you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty, powerful, amazing name, amen. Happy Mother's Day moms.